Hey, welcome to another podcast of Law Enforcement Unconventional with your host, Robert Scally, and our real-life shield maiden, Wendy Schalmere, coming to you from the top of Bunker Hill. Our show is dedicated towards assisting law enforcement and special operations to include military, rescue, first responders, and to all others who are trying to help protect our brave men and women in blue. Each week, we're going to bring you an unconventional tip, tool, tactic, or training from around the country. Please sit back, listen to our show, and enjoy yourself. Thank you. Hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, we have a great show for you today. We want to give first a shout out to the Border Patrol agent in Santa Teresa, New Mexico. He carried an unresponsive woman about a half a mile in a snowstorm to his vehicle. Um, he found two people in the desert and one was unresponsive and now both are recovering. Thank you to this Border Patrol officer and great job, Homeland Security. You know, and um, talking about Texas, we also have an officer with us today. He's calling in from Texas and um, let's get him on the line. Pete, are you there? Hey, I'm here, Bobby, Wendy. How you doing? Happy to be on the show. Hey, we, we're really glad to have you on. How's it going down there in Texas? Well, it's going good this week. It's uh, 77 today, and the snow is all gone. It was like a bad dream, but we're all happy. Back to normal. And the department, everything going good? Everything's going well. Uh, no complaints. Uh, you know, moving forward. Like I said, we're happy that snow is gone. We're not, we're not used to that. I did grow up in the East Coast, so I was used to it. But the uh, locals were not, so it was a it was a shock to them. Well, you, I'll tell you, we were just in Texas maybe three months ago, and we were going through the Fort Fort Bliss area on our way through New Mexico into Arizona, and we were driving, and it was like the worst snowstorm I have ever. I mean, southern southern New Mexico, and it was the worst worst snowstorm I've ever seen. Even even being from Boston, even being from Boston, it was it was crazy. I mean. They, they shut they shut the roads down. Yeah, that's how I felt because you know they're not used to that here. There's no plowing. There's no trucks. There's no salt. None of that. Oh my! They so, were they're not they're not prepared. I agree. And Pete, can you hear us? I can hear you guys. All right, great. We just want to make sure we have a good connection. Well, you know, before we start the show, um, we're gonna Pete, we're gonna have, uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. And about your credentials, like tell some backstories. This is the hard part because a lot of the officers don't want to talk about themselves, but we have to do that. Just I get to, it. I mean, it, go ahead. I get it. I don't mind. People need to hear. We're in a different era. We got to start coming out of our shells and uh, and letting people know who we are and what we're about. And at the end of the day, we're human beings with a heartbeat, just like everyone else, and we have a job. So my background is I'm in my 18th year on the job. I started in a uh, big rural county in Pennsylvania. Um, I started there. I was there for a good uh, six, seven years. And then I went down to South Florida, Broward County, be exact. And I was uh, in the second largest city agency there. Uh, and then what brought me to Texas uh, was my family. That's maleness on my, 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 my dad's my, with my dad. And that brought me to Texas. And then I got on with a large county agency here in the DFW area. Uh, my background ranges from narcotics, SWAT, negotiator, Kick-ass patrol officer is my favorite part of the job to this day. All those other accolades and specialized units are great, but patrols where it's at. Uh, that's the heartbeat of police work. That's that's the real nitty-gritty. You're going to get to see and do everything in patrol, hands down. Um, and I'm a, I've been that officer for a long time that what they're trying to bring around now, that de-escalation cop. Well, I've been doing that my whole career, especially where I started in rural PA. My nearest backup was 45 minutes away if I had a hot call. So let me tell you something. If you didn't have verbal judo 
and you didn't have good de-escalation skills, you're, you're going to be in a world of shit. Oh, that's, that's, uh, that's my background. I don't want to be on a soapbox all day. It's not about me. It's about you guys today, and I'm here to, to, to promote you guys and um, and the Shield because I'm, I'm a big proponent of it. I use it every single day, and that's what I'm here. So that's my background for all those cops listening there. I've been in that nitty-gritty for a long time. I love it. Um, I don't think I'll ever retire. I don't believe in that word. I'm 47. I feel like a fit 30-year-old because I stay sharp in mind and body. I think that's important. I think uh, a lot of officers are, are forgetting how important it is to stay not only physically fit, uh, but mentally fit as well. you got to stay mentally sharp. You know, when I hear guys say that, you know, stress, it's stress. Well, I believe, I'm going to quote somebody, an old uh, FTO line, uh, stress is not a consequence of a particular situation. It's a consequence of your inability to manage your own system. And I live by that because that's true. That's important, managing stress. You're really good at it too, Pete. And we thank you for all you've been doing. I know you you spoke about your credentials, but there were a couple instances, I think, where you were engaged or were shot at. Would you mind elaborating on that? Sure. Uh, One of them was uh, in in the rural Pennsylvania. I got a call for uh, a combative subject. Roll up on scene. He decides to run and barricade himself up in the attic. Um, I had a dealing with him prior once. Uh, and, and it was just a shaky situation all around. The family was, um, wasn't the most helpful, I would say, on that scene. And, again, my nearest backup was about 40 minutes away. Um, but he's barricaded up. And I try to establish communication with him. He's, you know, motherfucking me up and down. He doesn't want to talk. He, he wants to die. I asked him if he had weapons. He said no. The family said, I don't know, but he might. Um, so it was just a weird, weird scenario that, uh, to start, right? You're by yourself. I'm a rookie cop. I think I'm two years on the job at this point. Um, and most of my training was, you know, the academy, which you guys know is subpar. It doesn't, it doesn't prepare you for real world. It just doesn't. Um, and the agency I was with was not paying for any training. So any training that I had, I had to seek out on my own and attach myself to veteran cops and learn from them. Cause in this career, we're always, we're always learning. If you stop learning, that's the day you, you, you die. So my backup shows up finally, and he goes, hey, is he up there? I said, yeah, he's up there. Meanwhile, he assaults somebody, so we got to take him into custody. We had a felony charge on him. And I said, I don't know if he's armed or not, but, you know, they said he's suicidal. So I had this idea. I took off my ball cap, and, and the attic was in a way where it was one of those old-school attics where it was like a ladder-type attic, like you're going up into, uh, into your garage here in, in Texas and Florida areas. If, if guys out there can, can relate to what I'm saying, it's more of a ladder, not stairs. So as I climbed this ladder, I took my ball cap off and I kind of tilted it forward. And as I, as I broke the crest of the, uh, the floorboard into the attic, a shot rang out and put a hole right in the middle of my ball cap. Well, we knew he was armed at that point, right? Wow. <laughs> so that changed, the di- that changed the dynamic of everything. Uh, the officer that was there with me shit himself, literally, uh, froze. We had to wait for additional backup. In that area, Pennsylvania State Police is the only agency with, with a tactical team, and they arrived two hours later. This whole time, I'm still building and trying to maintain a rapport with this guy, even though he would have blew my head off had I poked my head up there. My partner wanted to go up there. He goes, this up there, and we'll mace him. And I just had this weird feeling. And, you know, that's that, that sixth sense, that's that, that something, that spidey sense, I call it, that cops have. That, that can't be taught in the academy, right? That's, just, that's, that's, a, that's an ability that I believe within us. And, and that saved my life that day. That's incredible. So, yeah, that was, uh, that was, yeah, that was, uh, that was crazy. I mean, it's, I still have the ball cap to this day. It's a reminder. 
of how things quickly could change and how we really have to think outside the box and not ever rush into anything because time is on our side, especially with barricaded subjects, that whole, you know, rushing in and, you know, the whole the military concept of, you know, fill and flow and all that stuff. Well, that's great in those environments where guys are, are trained that way and they're, and they're kitted up the way they're supposed to be. But I was a lone patrol officer in a town in a huge county with nothing, no shields, no, nothing, nothing, just a duty belt, a police car, and a, and a ball cap. How long ago was that? 2004. Wow, that was a long time ago. It was. You know, and yet, have you seen have you seen a a growth in the amount of equipment that's being issued to law enforcement to do a better job? No, I, I honestly, I have not. I mean, outside of uh, you know, when Taser came out, I'm not a big fan of Taser. Um, I think a lot of officers get hurt and or killed because they're deploying a taser when, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, on the force continuum, it's actually below mace because there's no residual effect. You know, you mace somebody, you know, they could be incapacitated for a good hour um, with the effects of mace, but a taser after that five second ride, it's over, you know, there's nothing. So I was never a big fan because they're using it in, in scenarios where deadly force would be justified and they're pulling out tasers and a guy has a butcher knife. You know, uh, so you know, outside of the taser, yeah, I, ahead, I, ahead, I, no, I'm sorry, Pete. I, what I was going to say is it just amazes me. You know, we ask you people, we ask you officers to do a great job, go out there, serve and protect, do what you can. But again, I, I don't see an, um, an advantage um, of the equipment changing over the last 20 years, 30 years. It's just consistently staying the same. And and people should be coming out with, with and they talk about de-escalation, well, let's let's give officers those tools that they they desperately need. Like let's let's think way outside the box. Let's bring in some some other tools. You know, there's a lot. We have a lot of scientists. We have a lot of great developers out there that can build things. Let's bring other tools in that can that can naturally de-escalate a situation. Right? We're not asking the officer to de- to go down. You know, again, when I use the word de-escalation, we always say we build a, a shield that will de-escalate the, the violence being used against the officer, not the officer. But it amazes me that we don't have an, an, a complete growth in this country of inventors coming out with new tools that can make you all safer in the field. We don't, and I think it has a lot to do with departments aren't transparent, you know, and, and, and that's been like that for years. And that's a problem, and I think that's the culture that needs to change that that mindset has to switch where we have to be more transparent so people understand why we do what we do and not sit behind a keyboard and you know they say hindsight 2020 well that's great um but after a scenario or a deadly force situation we could all monday night quarterback it and everybody does and you know as as well as i do everyone monday night quarterbacks an officer involved shooting but i don't ever hear of anybody coming out with a solution. That, that, I was just going to say that. that. You know, Pete, I was just going to say that. I don't mean to jump in, but, you know, I get very excited when I hear you say that. You know, I get I get antsy because I hear people bringing problems but not solutions, right? How many Except times... you, Bobby. You're bringing a solution. Well, no, I appreciate that. I Well, we do the podcast because... We, I, I talk to every officer. I take our time. We listen to what they, what their needs are. People think like, oh, well, they, you, you know, you sell shields. I'm like, no, we don't. 
we look we look for innovation on training we look on maybe new products that we can bring in that's going to work things that you all need not something we're trying to sell and that's a difference pete you know you don't need bells and whistles and new shoes and better guns what you need is more safety items that i'm not going to pick up the paper and i'm not going to read about another officer killed every single every day or every other day agreed agreed i agree i mean Listen, I went to a funeral Monday, the other day. So it, 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 it's going to happen. It's going to happen again. It's going to keep happening. I mean, an unfor- it's an unfortunate part of the job. But now, you know, being in my 18th year and looking at it from a different perspective, a lot of, a lot of them could have been avoided. And that's sad for the families of the fallen when I say that. Horrible. Horrible. And, and you know... Um... I always say this to Wendy, and I say this to everybody. You know, I'm a kind of an eccentric when it comes down to we we don't we don't we don't second um, build second rate equipment. We don't do that. Everything has to be top of the line. We just have we have to, Pete. And and people said I've said this to people: if anyone's going to build RoboCop, it's going to be us. And it's going to if I could I wrap you in in armor, if I could wrap your entire body in armor, and I know that a good person is going in to do a good job against a bad person, I want to put all of my protection on that good person because it kills me when every time I open the paper and I'm like, oh, my God, like another one, another one, and it's just not going to stop. And, and the bad guys know what you're doing, Pete. They know you're going to walk up to the car. They know you're going to knock on the door. They know what you're going to do. They do. They study the videos. They do. They watch these videos. I know that for a fact. Um, I've spoken to gang members that told me that we train better than you guys. And I believe them. And I'm wow. going to be honest with you. Most cops don't train. You know, they just, they, they go through their one-year bullshit, put it on paper, qualification without any stress, zero inoculation, no duress. And they're like, look, I, my groups are so tight. You know, that's wonderful. That's the last, that's the one time of year they shoot their gun. And those are facts. And then outside of the shooting the gun, to qualify, to do a checkbox for the police, you know, the, the who holds your license, whoever it may be, whatever state it is, FDLE or MOPEC or TICO in Texas, they're not checking a box. What has this officer done training-wise to de-escalate, to to learn how to protect himself. What, what, what has he done this year? Where's that box to check? It doesn't exist. I'm telling you, it doesn't exist. So it's on each of us. I tell these, these to cops, young cops especially. Well, the department's not going to pay for it. The department's not going to pay for this. Well, then you pay for it. Because if I add up the amount of money you guys spend out on a weekend at a bar, at a UFC fight and drinks, and hey, have fun. I'm not saying don't have fun. But if you're going to do this job, and you know your agency just doesn't have the budget or the bean counters are not approving it this month, whatever. Those are all excuses. you got to invest in yourself, in the training, in the tools, tactics, whatever it is, case law, educate yourself, spend the money. It's really not a lot. At the end of the day, we're talking two, three grand a year. That's not a lot of money. I can no. find that easily no. to invest in myself. That's, that's chump change for a, for a life save. You know, we had the same situation when I was in special forces. We we had the same um, when I was in, we had the on the teams. What would happen would be going somewhere mission specific, and we needed certain uh, items that the military wouldn't well, they wouldn't provide to us. They couldn't provide to us, and we would have to go to an outside source and and purchase it because it was it was mission essential equipment for us. You know, personal equipment. If I need good climbing equipment, I need good a good knife, a certain type of thing. 
I could I would look on, out the, on the outside and I would find it and we would purchase it and we would use it and 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 I never ever ever scrimped on equipment ever because when I get into a situation I knew that my equipment if it was great equipment would would protect me and take me out it just always worked out that way I agree I agree with you 100% there Wendy? As we're getting back to your experiences there, Pete, I know that you had that experience in the attic. Were there any other times that you were shot at or engaged? There, there were. Um, and I don't like to go too deep to protect the officers that were there. We had another instance. The guy came off of, uh, uh, again, in rural PA, came off. His, he was a domestic. Woman comes running out, soaked in blood, says he's, you know, he's trying to kill me. Obviously, he cut her up pretty bad. He comes off his porch. I mean, he just had that 1,000-yard stare. And he just came at us and uh, we had, you know, deadly force was used. The threat was stopped. Uh, but it was a pucker moment because we had nothing in between us and that person. And let me tell you some 30 feet of distance and you're in, you're in, you're in kind of a shock mode, right? Um, your brain has to register what's going. That whole OODA loop effect comes in play there. Those are facts. You know, he already decided he's going to come, he already cut up his wife, so we don't have any doubt he's going to try to cut us up. And, and he's running towards us. And, and a lot of things go through your mind. And the, the whole scenario probably lasted under three seconds. Probably felt like an hour of time when it's going down. When you reflect on it and you, and, and you go back and, wow, that was only three seconds. But we had nothing to protect. There was no zero barrier. It's an open, it's an open field type house. Picture it in like a middle of nowhere and just like a house and there's not even a tree that you could take cover behind. So what do you do in that situation? You know, Mm. it's just, it sucks. It sucks. You could miss, right? Yeah, you could, you could trip, you could fall. You could just be in shock and, and, and and not even be able to have a barrier till till the brain kicks back in like, Oh shit, it's, it's survival mode now. Um, you know, there wasn't a vector shield in 2005. Um, 2006, we had another guy, double homicide, comes out of the woodwork, decides to take shots at us. You know what we took cover behind? A, a skinny-ass telephone pole. You know, it was my favorite friend that day, that telephone pole. But I tell you, when them rounds hit that telephone pole, you felt it. And, and the pucker effect was there again. But now where do you go? Now you're a sitting duck. If I had a shield, like a vector shield, in that moment in time, I could have moved. I could have moved and moved off the X. You know, and engage, but shit, engage. Where do you move at that point? You know, you're praying the guy ran. Yeah. He's not going to ambush you. But in the moment, you don't know that. So, you know, and again, here we are. How many years later, we could be in that same scenario. And I would, most agencies give you absolutely nothing. They give you a vet. Right. You know, the, the, the agency I'm in now, I'm fortunate. They provide us, you know, the ballistic helmets, ballistic, you know, at the, uh, the, the bigger tactical vest for scenario for the oh i see that pete i see that i see that now I, we go into departments where they don't have helmets they don't have, they they're lucky they have hard plates some of them don't have hard right. plates so going back we've evolved nothing there's zero there's there's no law enforcement has not evolved you know what's evolved the nice lights the cool looking cars the this the that you know all that bullshit that doesn't even save your life because in my opinion those bright lights get you killed on the side of the road because they're like deer in a headlight. Everybody's like fixated on these bright ass lights. You can't see where the officer is and you ram into his car. Um, that's my opinion. And we see that happen. We, we see it happen all the time. Unfortunately. 
Pete, how, how did you? That's the number two killer in our profession, vehicle death. Right. How did you hear about us, Pete? I actually heard about you while I was in Florida, and um, it was through. I'm trying to remember. A friend of mine was speaking about you guys up in Kissimmee, and then I googled it and I found your web page, and that's how I heard about you guys. And then I reached out to Wendy, and then the connection was made. But it was through word of mouth. Uh, a, a Kissimmee officer um, was telling me about the Vector Shield. That's how most most that's officers. That. That's how we don't even have a marketing plan. Most of our advertisement has always been through word of mouth. And, and again, we go into a department. It's like, hey, we love the product. We're gonna. We, we hey, we call this department, that department, that. We're like, no. And they said, please call. We don't do like we don't do shot show. We don't do any of that stuff. We spend all of our time time, as you know training, going to department, going in hands-on, letting people use the shield, training. I don't want to waste time going to some trade show. I don't feel it protects the officers. I just don't. I, I'll go and do training for free. We'll, we'll go and do what we have to do to get into a department and do, to do this. Because, you know, we're, as you know, we're, com we're committed. I think, I think we met in person after like a 14-hour, well, I think it was a 14-hour drive. And Peyton, and we had been talking for about a year or two prior, I think, before we were able to get yeah, to absolutely. you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it, it was almost two years to date, to be exact. So, you know, I appreciate that you guys stayed, you know, stayed in contact and, and, and we kept the relationship going because I tell you what, it's been a world of difference for me having this shield. I'm sitting in my patrol car right now and the shield's right next to me. Um, and it's just, it's, my my level of being able to know that I can deploy this shield and it's going to stop that threat or de-escalate that threat. And I know a lot of guys out there thinking, oh, yeah, I know the shield. They have no idea because they can't. This is not a tool that I can just describe to you until you put it, in, put it on your arm and you use it. Will you really realize what this is? And that, that extra level of comfort. You know, I ask guys all the time, would you go to work without putting on your vest? And they'll say, hell no. Well, you know what I say now? Not only would I not go to work without putting on my vest, I wouldn't go to work without having my vector shield next to me. Those are facts. Because that, to me, is, has become just as important as putting on this vest and strapping on this, my sidearm. Those are facts. That's real talk. And that's being out here in, in the real world. This is no bullshit. This is no gimmick. This is no sales pitch. You know, it's, it's not about that. It's about saving lives and, and giving that level of comfort to know that I have an extra layer of protection now at my disposal instantly. You know, and it's like we were talking about the other day, because, see, I have the privilege of hearing from all these officers all over the country. And I, I, I get a call from you, and the concern was this. Driving down 600 feet of open road on the side of a, off a main highway, and, and they know you're coming, and again, now you, you know that you have something to put in front of you as you're driving to protect you. Yeah, and you know what? Again, that was something that on the fly, you know, I get this call, and it's a domestic, and I'm like, shit, this is scary. This is a long-ass driveway. This guy could be perched up with a gun and just waiting to plug holes into my windshield. And I said, shit, let me take the shield. And I put the shield up in front of my steering wheel. I pulled my steering wheel out, right? Because the steering wheel moves back and forth now. All these nice conveniences in these modern police cars. And, and being able to move the steering wheel and be able to put that shield up and maintaining, a, a holding that shield, 
um, on the handle, bracing my arm, and then putting it up in front of my face instead of the way I used to do it is kind of like dug down and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like wing it to go down and go hope I don't hit anything and peek up every now and then because I don't know if there's a threat there. I just don't know. I'm going into an unknown. It could be nothing. Um, you know, some people say I'm paranoid. I say, no, I'm aware. There's a difference between being paranoid and being situationally aware of, of, of a scenario that you're going into. And being having that shield was amazing. And I, I think I called you that day to say, hey, you did. I don't know if you've ever utilized it this way, but this shit works. And it put, a, it put that level of protection in front of me that I knew that it would stop rifle. I knew that guy didn't have anything power, more powerful than a rifle if he did have anything. And it turned out to be nothing. But to know that I went down there in that comfort level, that I'm safe, and I'm going to make it down this driveway to go there and be able to help that person that called 911 and still be safe doing it. And then guess what? When I got there, shield came out with me because now I deployed it. It's all in my forearm. So, I mean, it's an amazing tool, Bobby. I can't speak. I mean, I, I, I love what you guys have created. I do. And I'm, I think I'm Thanks, your Pete. biggest fan. Thank you. And, and because I use it every day. I'm using it. It is an extension. It, like I said, I don't leave my house with it. It does it. It's part of me, like my best and my, my sidearm and everything else that I carry. Um, you know, I don't carry a taser. I don't carry an ass. You know, those are things that are issued to every cop. You know, ask any cop that you ever interview how many times they've used their ass baton. Ask them. Please do. I promise you it's going to be less than 2%. I believe that from what we've heard. And there was interesting some things that you said. Your sixth sense. We run into a lot of veteran officers that say that have saved them. And, and Bobby, too, in his service. And then hiding behind things that don't provide true cover. Bobby said that when they were out in the field, sometimes they'd have to jump behind a rucksack. Yeah, so the SOPs are going behind a rucksack. Or, you know, like you said, Pete, you're in an open area, and now you're looking around for cover, and you're like, well, where do I go? What do I do? There's nothing here. So, you know, can it provide cover for me? And and again, we, that's part of the training, you know, lay down, prone position, vector up in front. And, and you know what? You know, well, the training's great. Thank you. And some, some officers had asked Pete or said that it seemed like the vector might slow them down or be an inconvenience. Would you say it slows down or speeds up your operational tempo? No, it's definitely not an inconvenience. I mean, listen, I, I listened to your podcast the other day, and it's about eight pounds, right? That's, that's correct, the yep. description of the weight. Um, if, if you can't carry an extra eight pounds on your right or left arm, then you need to get out of this line of work. Go do something else. Um, you know, you're already carrying an extra 40 pounds, 30 to 40 pounds every day. If you can't adjust to carry an extra eight pounds, no, it, it doesn't. So let me give you an example. Yesterday we had a warrant and uh, we had a plan. We had an off plan, which, you know, never goes the way it's planned. It never goes that way. Um, and the guy ends up coming out. But he comes to me. He sees me. Comes to me. Well, I got the shield on my, on my left forearm. I'm, I'm right-handed, and uh, keep the sh- uh, shield on my on my left. I actually switch my watch too. I wear my watch on my right wrist now. Oh, that's good. You can't have a watch. Good on. student. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. my watch is on my right hand, so I never have that issue. And he came to me. Well, shit. You know, he's his, his arms up, suspect arms up, and I got to do a pat down. Well, that's not something you know I ever went over. But it was on the fly. And let me tell you, you know, I, I use the shield. I, I put it against him so he could feel that, you know, I'm in contact with him. And uh, it felt good having the shield there. And I did a pat down with no issues. And I just broke the, the his, you know, the, the body up in the quadrants and, and did a full pat down with the shield. And my chief afterwards, who was on scene, uh, even made a comment, said, wow, that was, did you learn that? I said, I was actually on the fly. 
But that's how versatile the shield is, that even on the fly, when you got to adapt to a situation because you guys know in this line of work, you know, nothing goes as planned and you got to adapt and overcome. Well, what am I going to do there? Put the shield down? No. If it was a big shield, I would have had to. But with this shield, it was so easy. Uh, I can't wait to show you guys and do a video about it because it was flawless. Was we love flawless. that. You know, we hear from officers all over the country. Every, I would say at least twice a week that calls and say, hey, have you thought about this? And they bring us this, such innovative stuff. We said, hey, we're using it for this. We're, we're porting. We're breaching. We're doing this. We're, now, I've had other departments see someone, handcuff someone with the vector shield, and even though you know we don't teach that, what happens is it becomes such an extension of, of an officer's arm that they start to now say, hey, they can move around with it. They can rotate out because of the three-point retention system. They can use two hands. So it, it's not really, you, it, you're not just one hand. I don't think people understand because they really haven't seen it, but they don't know the rotation where you can rotate your hand outside of the shield and it can still stay on your no, you arm. Can't. You can't. You can't. So I don't, I don't use a mic. I don't use one of those cord mics. I use cordless, just, I use old school, just radio, no mic. I don't, I don't, I can't stand the mic wrapped up on my, so I, I hate all that stuff. So if they're calling me and I have that shield and my radio's on my left side of my duty belt, I can just wiggle out of that handle, reach down, grab my radio or depress the button with, with ease with the shield still on my arm. So I agree with you there. Um, it's very, very easy to maneuver around. What would you say, Pete, is the most important thing that the shield allows you to do or the best attribute of the vector? The vector gives me that, like I said, that it's for my own personal, that, that comfort level to know that I have this piece of equipment that I could deploy anywhere and everywhere. It's not intimidating. It's, it's very user-friendly. You know, I use them on traffic stops. I use them on, on, a, on a detail, extra duty details, directing traffic. Um, the versatility of it and just to know and it's not intimidating, you know, some people notice it and they, it's, it's a conversation starter, right? And people want to engage with you. Hey, what is that? What is, I had people, I had a young kid yell one, oh, look, dad, there's Captain America driving by <laughs> while I was directing traffic. Aww. That's um, awesome. You know, it, it, that is it, awesome. It's cool. <laughs> you know, and, and that's what I love about it, that, that it, it's, it's not intimidating. It's versatile. It's light. It's there. And I know that it's going to protect me. To the utmost, you utilize the right way. You got to go through the training, though, because Bobby, you bring a lot of dynamic to the training. That if you just put it in someone's hand, you know they're they're not going to understand correct the, the way the shield works or what it's done. And then and then once you get the training, you're gonna build on it, do things yep. correct. And that's just that's a normal uh, a growth process of of this. Of a, just like when you know you, you issue somebody a new gun and a new holster. Everybody's going to draw a certain way or position the gun a certain, but you got you got to learn those fundamentals. And I think it's important the training that you give, and I and I commend you guys that you guys come down here and you did both of you, and that that was huge to me. That not only was the the owner of Vector Shields, the creator of Vector Shields, but you came, and that meant a lot because if if you didn't give a shit, Bobby, and it was all about that dollar, you'd have sent anybody but yourself to right. come down here because you could teach anybody, right? You could train anybody to learn your tactics. And at the end of the day, you would just send someone. But you came down and showed me you had a vested interest in the shield and in the officers that it's going to serve. It means a lot to us. It really does. And we go out there. And um, I mean, my whole life has been, you know, um, train, assist, and advise. But it's always been about 
you know, um, you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta go where people are training. You have to go where you're hearing the thinking and, and the actions and, and people are going to have questions. And, you know, I, I'm not always asking for the good. Like, don't tell me the good. Tell me the bad. Tell me what you don't like about it. Um, tell me what you hate about it. I, I, do you want me to fix it? Do you want us to work on it together? But, Pete, I've found out that once I show the basics of central line protection, protect the central line, all of a sudden, with all the experience from all different walks of life, from narcotics and SWAT, SRT, and all of that, they start now saying, oh, I see a light bulb go off, and they say, I can use it for this. I can use it for this, 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 this. They know. So as soon as I run through the basics and I say, okay, keep centerline protection, don't put the shield beyond your lead foot, you know, we go through the whole class that we go through, even the shield history, because it has so much to do with it. Once it we does, get, it right? Does. Go ahead. We, you can talk. It does, and I learned a lot that day. I mean, listen, you know, I always say, I, 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 you're, you're always learning, you're always evolving, and, and when you stop, it, that, that's that's one bad thing happened. And, you know, I never knew about Hicks Law until you came. Um, I never knew about George Silver's paradox defense. You know, the flinch response, when you explained it, fuck, it makes sense. I mean, at the end of the day, the flinch response is, it's reflex first reaction like you described it. Yes. And you said that reflex is quicker than a thought about a response. And that's true. You know what's you know what's amazing? Yeah, you know what's amazing is like we we have to answer the reason we have to answer the question why. So like OODA loop, what's the other half of it? Well, Hicks law. You know, the less you have to do to respond to a threat, the quicker you'll become. So what we because what my background in medicine, you know, even on the teams, I, I've been to all the good shooting schools, but I've also been to the really good medical schools. So what happens is, you know, now you have to put in how it how it works. I want to know why it works. I want to know, I want, because I'm not just giving a tool. When we go through training, we're really, we're programming an operating system. So we're taking, you know, thousands of years of, of, of shield training from Spartans, Romans, Vikings, all that. And then we're now saying, hey, instead of facing three, you know, a three foot arrow, you're now facing, you know, a one to two inch bullet. So now you've got to stay protected because we're, we're stopping the same threats, right, Pete? So it all plays yeah, in, absolutely. right? And you know, tell me George Silva wasn't brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. True and time. Again, I didn't know about this. I didn't know about this, but you brought it, you know, and here I was, you know, 18 years in, and you opened my world to a, a whole new um, world of defense and thought process and, and thinking. I'll tell you what, I post that question to veteran cops all over this county. Hey, man, have you heard about this? What? Hicks Law? Nah. Heard of the OODA loop? Yeah, absolutely. But they haven't heard of Hicks Law. When I explain it to them and I explain that, that flinch response, the reflex first reaction, the light bulb goes off in every cop's head because it's, those are facts. Those right. are facts. And that's what I love that the not that the shield that the training that you gave with it was was just top notch. It really was, Bobby. Thanks, I, I appreciate I that. Thank you guys for it. When those, we those are true, those, those are life saving things. But yeah, you know, you know, awesome. you know, it is. It's funny, Pete, because when we when people say, "Oh, it's just a shield," they they this not it's not really what we instruct. But when we go there and we start talking about science, and and, and well, how does science play into it? How does cranial nerves play into it? How does Hicks, Hicks, how does it all play into it? And then when you start going through the seven pillars and we start to learn that, hey, even if you're number two, when, a, when someone draws a weapon on you at 200 milliseconds, you can still beat them. 
we still can flinch can. up, right? We can beat them, protect our center line, transition to our tools. We can do that. You've done it. Yep. Absolutely. That's why I said you, you, you gotta, you gotta put it on. You gotta run, you gotta run it. We can talk about it. We could describe it all day. And I, and I, and I encourage officers, anybody that's listening, you, you gotta run the shield. You gotta run the shield to really appreciate what it's doing and what, what it was designed for. Cause it's not just the shield. You know, the big shield will get you to the door. Like we always say, that's it. Don't, don't try to enter a, a, a close quarters area with that. Cause it's not going to happen. Right. Not. We always leave it at the door. Everybody leaves the big shield at the door. Or in the trunk. Sometimes it doesn't make or it in the, the trunk. trunk. Yeah. Exactly. Or in the the trunk. Trunk. But, but you know, I know that if you can get to your objective quicker and faster at a higher op, op tempo, then you can do your job. And that's really what we do is we build tools to keep you safe while you're entering into that funnel, while you're doing that dangerous stuff that you, you do daily. I mean, what blows my mind is that we talk to officers daily who go into a fatal funnel, do traffic stop with, with, with weapons, um, you know, standing between them and a subject during a domestic. I mean, stuff that, that you do every day, you know, we have to build those tools to keep you all safe. I, I deployed on every traffic stop, period. What happens? Because traffic stops are unknown. They're all unknown. We never know. You don't know who you're stopping. So every traffic stop is deployed to the point now where it's 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 just an unconscious thought. Doesn't even there's no thought. Just boom, shield, traffic stop, go. That's what you I'm know? said yesterday. You know, there is no such thing as a routine stop. Approaches. Go ahead. No, there is nothing routine about police. I hate that word routine. Yeah. Police work's random. There's nothing routine about police work. I can't stand that word. Um, I always do passenger side approaches. I always have uh, since day one. It wasn't taught to me. It was just that spidey sense that told me, yeah, you know what? It's a better approach from this side. Unless obviously I can't. Um, but, you know, now, ever since I've had the shield, it's shields deployed on every traffic stop. Matter of fact, calls too. I mean, I, it, it's very rare that you see Pete out of his car with, without the shield on his <laughs> forearm. That's awesome, Pete. And what you guys were saying about theory and that we met with the U.S. Marshals at Fletzy. And there was a question Bobby asked. Was it about Hicks Law? Or it what? was about the Hicks Law to all a lot of the shield instructors, and they all raised their hand. And that was the only agency or department that knew what that was. That ever, ever knew what the Hicks Law was. And I was I was impressed. But but you know what? We oh, have yeah, that's to, impressive. But we have to work to get, you know, this George Silver's work out there. We have to work to get Hicks Law. We have to, you know, uh, reaction time. Um, there's so much work. And, again, not giving away too much of the training because – I think once people come into the training, every single time I'm done with the training, I look at every officer and I said, hey, was this what you thought it would be? And they all laugh and they said, absolutely not. Nothing like I even thought. Nothing remotely what we thought. I didn't. I mean, like I said, you opened my uh, mind to a whole new world. You can't ever be too proud. You got to stay humble in this profession. And uh, I, I don't have ego. You know, I'll sit here and say it on air. I had no idea what Hicks Law was. I had no idea who George Silver was. I had no idea about the flinch response. I do now, and what I'm doing now is each one, each one, right? I'm spreading that. Every officer I come in contact with, I, I, I bring them up to speed. I educate them. You know, I pick their brain, and, and, you know, some of them take it, and then you got those ones that, you know, they just, it is what it is, right? You can't help everyone. But I know they walk away and Google that shit regardless of what they say to me. <laughs> so I promise you that. 
<laughs> yeah. And that's funny too, because people always say like, like, why do you do that? Like the dazzle pattern is one thing we just, we just did this one, we did a dazzle pattern and someone asked me, Hey, what is a dazzle pattern? I said, well, it's a camouflage pattern that, that was developed in world war one. Um, and then we explained to it how it, 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 it is for officers, for police officers, and how it causes um, predatorial confusion. So we put a lot of science. I mean, we're literally on the phone with doctors every day. Um, we're always trying to rewrite, make something better. Um, you know, um, I ask questions. Hey, how, how, do, how do lions um, not see zebras on the plains of Africa? I mean, we look at black and white zebras. Why don't they see it? Simple question, right? Can't answer it. And, and again, I want people to think about that question um, and then just look it up. But we go into a lot of those questions because history has a lot to play, right? Spartans, um, keep the center line protected. Uh, we talk a little bit about, um, you know, a trivia question. Why does Spartan wear a red cape? And I ask that question, and people think I'm joking when I ask that question. And I said, has anyone ever heard of PACE, Primary Alternate Contingency Emergency? Primary use was, hey, we're a Spartan. They, we show what they, they, and then when they were bleeding, they didn't want the enemy to see them bleeding, so they'd bleed into their red cape. They also used it as a, a field expedient litter to drag themselves off the battlefield. They also used it to, to cut pieces off of it as a, as a tourniquet. And they also used it as a burial shroud. And they used it when they were traveling and they would have to lay down and go to sleep. They would wrap themselves in their own cape. And, you know, we, we, we forgot that the ancients had technology that we really can learn. We can do something. You know, I've been asked because I was, I was Steven Seagal's um, head of security, right? Love Steven. And, um, you know, and that's how I get introduced to law enforcement, you know, through, through um, his work with law enforcement. But people ask me this question all the time, is he quick? And I said, his hands are like lightning. And they asked me, and I said, I said, no, it's not. It's not made up. It's not. He's a very dangerous person with his hand. He'll hurt you. He's six five, and he's like lightning. I mean, I've had him. We we're stacking one time, and he pushed me on the door, and I looked at him. And I'm like, dude, you're ready. You almost killed me. Like, don't do that. <laughs> and um, but he's. I mean, he's very committed, and but he's quick as lightning, and and that goes back to true time, false time, right? The hands are quicker than the feet. Yeah. Right? And we talk yeah. about that. So when you're approaching yeah. a car and you can flinch and your hands can operate instead of stepping back and, and closing that 200 millisecond window. You know, Pete, when I, when I see um, really good history, like, um, you know, we took, because um, I, I, I'm an avid reader. I read all the time, but it has to be oh, something right. that's related. Right? That can, it, has to be brain, it has to be brain food. It has to be, exactly. You know, and I was reading really quick. I was reading about Alexander the Great and how it was a book called What If? And he had a bodyguard named Cletus, and they called him Cletus the Black. But what happened was he was 22 years old. Now, listen to how equipment can save lives. Now, he was 22 years old, and he was hit. Uh, I think it's Skidadias, uh, the person who hit him. He was a Persian, but he hit him in the head with an axe. The first one broke the helmet, but it didn't penetrate, right? It just knocked him off his horse. So it, he hit him at full speed with an axe, broke his helmet. He fell on the ground. Right before the second axe was going to come down, Cletus, the bodyguard, right through a spear, killed him. And he saved Alexander's life. But what would have happened if Alexander would have been killed by that first axe blow? Right? It would have killed him, would have hit him in the head with a... So equipment, that equipment, that helmet saved his life. And I had people tell me, oh, I don't wear helmets, I don't need shields, I don't need... And I just sit and look at them in complete amazement when they tell me that... Yeah, that's just... 
right? Multi ignorance. Yeah, because you need yeah, multiple layers of armament. Multiple layers of armament. Wendy, you want to jump in there? Absolutely. I was just going to say what Pete was saying about being transparent. Um, we want to be transparent with all that we do. And the best thing that we can do for officers who are interested in our product is for them to try it. Like you said, we offer a 30-day T&E with anyone who wants to try our shield and would like to be trained on it. Um, we do offer that. Um, we want to hear from anything and just in full transparency. What would you say is like the biggest, the biggest, I wouldn't say issue, but the the con about the shield. Is there anything that you would say that could be better? Or so that, what I've noticed, sure, sure, absolutely. I've been carrying it now for three months, three and a half months. Um, the only con, and again, it's cosmetic. It has nothing to do with the shield. Right? The shield top notch, zero. The handle's top notch. Um, the, the straps, um, they start to wear, they fold in, especially the way I store mine is in between the B pillar on the passenger side and my passenger seat, I shove it in between there because I can actually reach over its arm length away with my right hand, snatch it and deploy it very, very quickly. You know, I practice it, I drill it. You know, in the morning I start my car, we all check our lights, we check this, we check that. Well, I deploy the shield, you know, to be, so it becomes muscle memory. It becomes an unconscious thought under a threat. Shield there, I grab it, and I know where it's going to land when I grab it. It's not going to come flail because it's no joke. It'll bust right through the window if I let it fly. Um, it's just the, the straps. The straps are are um, could be improved on. Mm -hmm. But again, this is what first generation, Bobby. Second on this shield. I don't know which straps you have. As a matter of fact, that we have upgraded the straps. Do you have the lightweight straps or the heavy duty straps? It's the heavy duty ah, okay. Velcro. The, okay, they don't have a metal right. bar on them. They don't have a metal clasp on the straps, do they? It, it does. It has a metal clasp. It has a metal yeah. clasp. Okay. okay. We need to send you a beefier so set. Yes. We have, um, that, we have that, winter summer all, straps. So you're going to need winter straps. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's all I... That, that's it. That's it. And, awesome. and again, that's cosmetic. That's nothing that, you know, you always say, hey, feedback, feedback. Here's your feedback. I guarantee you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna work on that. That's um, awesome. Wear those straps out. Wear them out. Here. Wear them out. Right, and I have. So you know, it's the bottom strap. The top strap's fine. It's that bottom one. You know, that's the one that seems to just wanna, you know, crinkle up and 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 it is because I don't store it. I know you guys give the back too, but for the back, for me, it's too much. It's hindrance to reach in. The way I have it, it's perfect. And you know, each his own. Some guys might wanna put it under their seat. Whatever, whatever works for you. I always tell people there is no set rule on your equipment. It's what works for you. You know, those agencies just say, you must wear your, your magazine pouch on this side and your cuffs here. Fuck all that. Listen, you wear it on your belt where it's going to be accessible to you quickly and efficiently to save your life. I don't believe in that. So for me, this is where it sits in a patrol car. It doesn't move. I can floor it. I can hit the gas. It doesn't move. It works for me. I can reach it. Um, and that's it. That's the only con. Again, that's a cosmetic thing. It has nothing to do with the Well, you know what, you notice, no Pete? This is great because we, um, we offer the lifetime warranty on the shield, like the shield itself. And then Wendy will always say, because the straps get worn so much, so quickly. Um, you know, again, they're Velcro. And what we wanted to make is we don't want to belt them onto your arm because in case you have to drop it and, you know, for whatever reason, we have to go with the Velcro because... We need to have quick accessibility, but um, we can't be strapping that to your arm because um, if you have to drop drop it in a situation or move around right. it, right? No, I get I get that I get that part absolutely. But you guys asked, that's the only con. That's, awesome. that's not a con to me. That's a cosmetic con. That's that's stupid. 
The only other question I had, you sent us a picture and we blurred out your face and we did show it. And I think on your cover, isn't there a couple sim rounds where the marks where you were shooting sim rounds on it? Yeah, I've, I've used, I took it in a shoot house. And uh, so I'll tell you, so I went in the shoot house first without the shield. And I went up against some, some really good, uh, there's some tier one guys that come and train down here in West Texas. And uh, I was blessed with the opportunity to run with these guys. And, and Bobby, you come from that world, you know, that that's like, you know, putting a kindergartner, Pop Warner into the NFL. It's awesome. It's not going to fly. Um, and, uh, you know, I got lit up. And one of the scenarios, I had no shield. I went in and I took a round right to the face. I didn't even see the guy. I mean, he was just like, bloop. And I took a round, I took a sim round right to the lip. I instantly felt it. It, it, was, it was harsh. Um, the next round, I went in with the shield. And then I started taking those corners and, 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 and running down and going down those hallways and, and filling into those rooms with the shield. And guess what? Tier one guys or not, them rounds hit that shield. They ain't hit me in my face again. And uh, it, it was a good know. feeling because, uh, because I, I didn't get killed, you know, in a scenario-based training scenario with sim rounds. I always look at it when I get shot, fuck, I died that day. And that's how I leave because it's a, it's a, it's a learning experience for me, right? Um, and, I, and I lit that room up and I didn't even see the guy and then the round came, you know, it was that quick. Uh, but the second time I went in, in the shoot house, um, I, took, I took the rounds onto the shield and, and those guys were like, man, that's good shit. <laughs> so, and these are tier one guys. You that's know? awesome. And, um, and it was it was a great feeling, you know. You, you feel good, you know. I, I went up against some tier one guys, and yeah, they, they lit up the shield and they took shots, and, and eventually they you know they ambushed us and killed us all, which is they should because that's what they do for a living. But you know, I took some rounds on the shield, and it felt great to know that man. I went up against some tier one guys, and the sh- and the shield was there, and and their shield took those rounds, and not me, you know. So you know, in real world, I'm going against you know probably Joe Schmuckatelli had too many beers, and he's just going to throw some rounds down down the hallway uh, it was just a good feeling you know and it could be i could just be lying to myself because i felt good that day because they were tier one guys but <laughs> no the, um, the thing is but you, yeah, you i keep, took it in i took i had it in the shoot house i mean and i'm not a big fan of the long rifles i'm a, it, the shield works really it, I'm, I'm not a fan of long rifles to begin with i like small soft compact i love using the hand with the handgun it's amazing it's the, you you can maneuver and, and 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 run and gun with that all day long with the long gun it gets tiresome it gets burdensome but if you need to post up with a long gun, you know, to cover a, a group or cover a house uh, on an A side or B side or whatever from, you know, 20 yards out, you could post up nice, prone out, put that shield up in front of you, hike that rifle to the right, and you're covered. Your whole body's covered. I'm we have we have an now. adapter coming on for that. We have an adapter coming out for the uh, for the rifle hold. And um, okay. yeah, we're gonna make sure you get it. But it'll be um, it just it's so easy to put on and so easy to take off. But It'll just be clip, clip, and it's on, and that will hold your M4. It's not going interfe- in- to interfere with any of your bells and whistles, you know, any of your lights or any of the- anything that's on there. But it's so- like I said, if you prone out and you're on a rifle and your your job is to cover, and you're on that rifle and you're on Overwatch, you're good. I'm telling you, you can sit there and lay there all day, and you put that right in front of your face, and you're covered. You're covered all day long. You know, we've, we've had SWAT closer. teams tell us that they've um, they've actually, you know, before they would have to pick and choose where they would go prone. Now they can go out and we have some teams and um, on some of the federal governments on the border or some of the fed where they can take, um, they take a, um, what are they, what's, what's bungee cord and they wrap it around the shield and they, they stuff it full of leaves and then you would look out and swear that you're looking at a bush, but they're actually behind armor. I mean, they're behind, you know, they're laying in the prone position with their M4 rifle up 
and you can't even see them. It's and it's and it's amazing. And all these things that keep getting added on because of by the the users are saying operationally we like to do this, we do this, and it just and we and they filters right back to us. They call us on the phone because as you know, Pete, we answer the phone twenty four hours a day. Um, you do. We do. We no question there. Ask. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm Wendy, sorry. Wendy, Wendy does. Wendy, 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 <laughs> let's get Wendy props here. The phone is answered 24 hours a day. Answer, How's that? Wendy answers that phone. <laughs> that <laughs> is so true. It's important because we love what we do, and I love hearing from you. We love hearing from you guys. Absolutely. Um, that pretty much answers all the technical questions that we had for you. I guess as a whole, Bobby and I wanted to ask you where you see – um, how we could better serve you or what things what things can we bring about to better help law enforcement in the political climate in with what you're doing technically is there something that we can do as a company and we're doing we're, we're working right now on the um, the virtual training so we'll be able to provide more like um, click on four hours of training because I don't have to show an officer how to use their weapon they know how to use their weapon we just have to program them to show them and I, not even using the word programming but you know readjust the hard drive in the brain and showing how they can how they can operate with this in conjunction with um, their weapon, their tools, um, walking up to a car. Once they see it, like yourself, once you see it, they have it. I don't have to tell them; they have it. It's seeing it though. Now, there's no, this 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 shield sells itself. If, if, if you're a cop, cop, and you're out there and you're doing this job, you know, if you're retired on duty, you're not going to like it. You know, the guy retired on duty doesn't even want to. Doesn't even. I don't think he cleans his gun or even chambers around um unfortunately but the guys that are out there real world and they're dealing with this every day are going to know instantly when, when when they use the shield when they get the training with the shield i mean it's just it's instant and any cop that tells me it's not i'm telling them they're full of shit uh they're just haters uh you guys you're gonna have haters out there i'm telling you i'm a cop's cop uh, and i and i and i love our law enforcement community and my big thing is about saving lives um, there was an officer prior to me arriving in Texas, in Richardson, who lost his life going into a guy, murdered guy. He murdered this guy downstairs for months. They knew he was in the house. Um, and this guy was a SWAT operator. You know, he wasn't just Joe Patrolman. He was a SWAT operator. And uh, he walks in and he took one, he took a round. The guy was proned out in the hallway on the other end and let one round loose from the rifle and he took it right in the neck. Um, he had enough life in him and fight in his life. And he had that will to survive that he actually, instead of staying in that fatal funnel of buckling down and causing more officers to get killed, he got out of there and then he collapsed outside. Um, in hindsight, right? 2020 had, they went in and they had some type of protection, anything the shield, especially, you know, I, I don't, I don't think we'd be telling the same story. And I know there's people out there who might disagree and they can say whatever they want. Um, but you know, the, the, the tactics are proven and the shield stops five, five, six, right? Seven, six, two, Bobby. Yeah. Um, multiple yeah, strikes. That's what he was shot with. Yeah. yeah multiple multiple strikes. strikes. I mean, and, they're never going to shoot so, just once. They're just not going to shoot. And once. you know what, Bobby, maybe, maybe he would have died. I don't know. Maybe it took one in the femorari. I know we could say whatever we want, but right. I'll tell you this. I know he had nothing. In his hands, you know, Pete. We, nothing. We, his body we say about giving an officer a fighting chance, and that's the thing that's is, it. right? Just I, I, ready. I want the chance. You put me into a dangerous that's situation. It. I just want a chance. But so that's the point of my story. He had no chance, and and if he had had a shield, which I feel that this shield 
should be issued to every officer and every agency in the United States like they issue those stupid asses. I'm being honest, and it, and it angers me. I get real passionate about it because I've been on this job long enough. I've buried personal friends, and I've been to many and many other funerals for fallen officers, and I go to D.C. once every two years for police week because I give a shit, and, and it, it angers me that the knowledge isn't there. The, the, the egos are still in place. And when you ask what can we do as a company, keep doing what you're doing and round up those officers like myself and whoever out there is listening and has a chance to get the shield in their hand and use the shield and deploy it every day. And we need to be the voice along with you guys. So it becomes a piece of equipment that's issued like an ass, like a taser and all that other stuff that they give you. Because you know what? Under force continuum, this is lower than all of them. How about that? Let's start there. Right. You know, um, because it's a great de-escalation piece of equipment. You could, it's, it's part of de-escalation. Um, everybody's using that word now. It's a new word. Let's de-escalate. Let's de-escalate. That's great. Let's de-escalate. But what do, what do I have on my belt that if that situation goes from de-escalating to now a violent situation, because sometimes you just can't rationalize with a rational. Well, now I have something else that the extra layer of protection, like you said, that fighting chance. And there's no reason that an eight pound small versatile shield that can stop multiple threats is not issued to all of us. And it's the only reason it's not because the people just don't know it's ignorant. That's all it is. So that's the answer to your question. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank build you. on this social media platform, build on the podcast platform. Let's keep it moving. I tell you, I'm one of your biggest fans because I'm here. I'm doing the real world. Uh, every single day, and that's it. That's, that's all we got to do. We all have to band together, put egos to the side. You know those internet keyboard commandos, whoever they are. They want to make comments. Who cares? I don't. I call. You know, you want to sling mud, sling mud. I don't care. I, I don't care. I care about the lives we can save. You know, and, and I'm absolutely. telling you that this shield will save lives. Thanks, Pete. You know what? It's a, what what bothers us. The, and I don't say bother, but it really hurts us. You know, when you when you see another officer bringing problems and saying, oh, this is bullshit, this is bullshit, without really even seeing something. Like, and I, and I said, listen, call me on the phone. I'll answer any one of your questions. Just call me. All they you won't have, call you. They, they won't call you. Yeah, they don't. They, they won't. They, they won't. Having them. You know, oh, 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 hold on. I, I'm going to press the button. This is, this is part of this part of the machine. When I say, um, hey. Um, we literally have put our number up for thousands of officers. And, and this is what happens. This is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> the, cricket. the cricket button. We're working on the podcast equipment. Yeah, we are. we're working on the podcast equipment. That's funny. But, but Pete, we did. We had some good officers. We had some Thank great you. officers reach out. We've had some uh, departments reach out. We've gone up to the upper command staff quickly. Um, we've actually had quite a few people come out on social media and apologize publicly and say that they were sorry and they didn't realize. Because we're not telling our tactics. We're not telling you how police do operational procedures. <laughs> I'm sorry, but we're not telling you. Like, we're not going to be that, that internet company that's going to go out there and say, hey, let me show you how to shoot and do. No, no, we're not doing that. Because we have to give our officers that tactical that tactical advantage, that, because we, you all have only have a second or two to make that that decision, and if you can put something between you and the threat that's going to make you even even a percentage safer, right? So you can get to your tools, then we're then we're we're that's doing it. our job. 
That's that's it. That's the bottom line. I mean, listen, it's not rocket science here. You know, you're, you're you guys introduced something that needs to be a part. I'm telling you this, and I'm going to keep saying it, and I'm going to scream as loud as I can on the highest mountains to everybody that will listen. This needs to be and and listen. The, the good thing is that I deploy it, and I have guys constantly. You know, what is that? What is this? Cops. You know, because you know, they're cops love trinkets. They love the gadgets. They love all this stuff. But at the end of the day. It's going to be the command staff to make the decision to buy it. But then I tell them, hey, guys, you know, buy it yourself if you have to. And, and that's the message I'm trying to get across to people. If you got to buy it yourself, invest in yourself, eventually, I promise you, I see this being a piece of issued equipment, standard issued, like everything else, because it's going to happen. You guys are in your infancy still. I know you are, yeah. you know. How long, Bobby? How long been at this? Six, six years. Okay, six years. But you haven't really. This is you're, you're just starting your podcast. You guys are just starting social media. You know that's the era we're in. We're in that age of social media and podcasts. We've grown. So, we know, we've grown so much because when I first started out, it was on the back of a pizza box, and then. We, I, I bought I a sheet of, that. yeah, I, love it. I tell that story all the time. I bought it. I, I saw said, a police it, officer. It looks, like, yeah. it looks like it was cut out of a pizza box. <laughs> and I saw, I saw, <laughs> I saw an officer get shot and I said, I can build something that can stop that. Just the whole thing just came. And then what happened? I bought a sheet of steel. We made one, sold one, made two, sold two, made five, sold five. And then what happens, you know, as the training is evolving and the training is getting better and better and we're going up to more agencies and we're hitting the federal government, we're training in New York City, we're down in Texas, we're out in, we're everywhere. But what happens, again, slow, controlled growth because the worst thing for a company to have happen is to say, hey, our product line isn't where it should be. Like, the thing is that we build a product that goes between life and death. It's not like... I'm building sneakers, right, Pete? I'm not building. I'm building something that we're gonna. That the last thing an officer has to place between himself or herself in death is our product. So we, I have to make sure it's beyond the best, beyond the best it can possibly be. And when I build, I would put my grandson behind it. And I, and I truly, I believe it. I 100% um, from the bottom of my heart when I see an officer, and it keeps me awake at nighttime. If I could see, if I could just get to them before they walked up to that car or before that person turned around and shot a bullet at them, if we can just get to them and say, hey, let me show you this. Um, let, let me train you on this. Let, let's talk about this. You know, new tools, new tactics, new training, things that are happening. We have a chance in this country um, to really lead the world. I was down in uh, Colombia. We were down in Colombia with the Colombian National Police, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Colonel uh, Juan Carlos, the head of the Colombian um, National Police, he actually takes out his cell phone and he was showing us how many officers they lost that week. I mean, just picture after picture after picture after picture. And then, you know, when he said something, he said, you know what, someday America is going to be at that pos at this level too. And then now I, I open the paper up and it's like, you know, it's common, it's, it's something common to look at, but I don't think people understand that if someone's shooting a police officer, they're gonna shoot you in a, in a they'll easily shoot you in a, a traffic incident or in a domestic or not coming to your front door. Without question. You know, and 25,000 people are killed by home invasions every year across America. I look at the stats and it blows my mind. I look at, okay, over 40 officers were killed last year. Over 30 had on body armor. They're shooting you in the neck and face. 
That's where the bullets Absolutely are. Absolutely, Right? So what do we have? They are. That's what they're training. That's Correct. what they're training. Yes. That's what they're training. Yeah. I worked in an inner city where they told me we, we shoot headshots because you know you're wearing body armor. This is a guy that committed homicide. He's in custody. Who had rapport with, again, I used to say, I'm the consequence. I'm not, it's not personal. I'm not mad at you. I don't hate you. None of that. I'm just the consequence. Um, so I always had that good rapport out on the streets with, with, with people. Bad guys, good guys, it didn't matter. And that's why I never got jammed up in anything because I never took it to that. I never took things personal. The job broke the law. I'm the consequence. End of story. Once you're in custody, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to degrade you. I'm not going to spit on you. I'm not going to shit on you. We're going to have a conversation. Why? Because I want to pick your brain. I want to pick the brain of a killer. That's what I wanted to do. And I did. And each one of them would tell me officer presence was a big factor if they were going to use sports or not use sports. That was huge. And how that officer looked and how he approached him was a deciding factor if he was going to shoot him or not shoot him. Think about that. That's interesting. Wow. And then they said, we train to shoot you guys in the head. But that's how we shoot. And they might listen. You know, it's crazy. People say bad guys don't have good aim. That's crazy because the statistically cops have shitty aim. I think NYPD released a study that an 18% hit ratio in NYPD. Right. That's insane. Right? So, guys, the shield is the real deal. Period. This, is, this was the missing link. I, I wish I had this. I'm like, I'm in my 18th year. Um, this was the, this the missing link. It really is. And I, I can't even put it into words. It sucks that I can't put it into words. But you guys are doing the right thing. The Thanks, podcast. Pete. You got to do the social media. People want to see. You know, they want to see it. Everybody's visual now. Well, they want to hear. They want to hear from police officers. They want to hear. They want to hear from their brothers the and day, sisters. I, I, said, I said, put this on. I'm going to hit you with a bat. He's like, you're crazy. <laughs> I just told this year. And I showed him. And, and when I hit him full force. Okay, and I'm a fit guy. I, I consider myself very strong. And I hit him so hard with that bat, I hurt my own wrist. Okay, he felt nothing. He was blown away, blown away. And you know that's so, why we're up in Portland during um, during the riots. We're up there, and there's a lot of things that have been happening. And you know, you're right. We're a small company, and we like to stay small because I always want to be that company that when an officer picks up the phone and says, "Hey." I need this, or I want to be able to respond and go and do that. I don't want to be so big that, oh, hey, let's send a rep. You know, we, we, our biggest advertisers are our officers that are using it. And we always tell people, don't ask us, ask the, the you know, give a name of a department that's using it, talk to them. And, and because it's, you know, I don't want to sound like it's a sales pitch, like, hey, you know, but, but again, we were so secret that um, nobody knew what we were doing. <laughs> So it kind of is a, it's a, it's a good and bad thing. You know, we're actually, we're so secret. We were invited down to Fort Bragg to one of those units that have no names and says, Hey, we love your equipment. And it was like, really? Um, but that's what we, we work on all the time, you know? So now we're getting out there. We're talking to everybody. We're doing the podcast and we're specifically for, for law enforcement with, you know, talking about these issues and everybody wants to hear how tools can work like you know not a salesman selling you something i've had big department i've had big um um sales companies want to carry our product and we say no because we have to train listen how many guys were at the night we did training with you down we drove 14 hours how many people were there two yes two and we knew it two and, and i would go for one 
I would, I would go 14 hours driving for one person. And, and people always say, oh, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, because I know that it's going to make a big difference and it could change the life of that one person and maybe, you know, whatever higher being you want to worship, it, um, you know, not getting political or, or religious. Well, Bobby, there's no doubt in my mind that you care. You showed that by coming down, putting the shield in our hands. And, um, you know, I, I'm one of those guys that's allergic to bullshit. And you're, you're far from that. Thank you. There's no bullshit with you. You're the real deal. I told you, I, I, I owe you a, a huge thank you from the entire law enforcement community, even the ones that don't know yet what an amazing thing that you invented, this piece of equipment Thanks, Pete. that I know is going to be in every officer's hands. Means That's a lot. the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. Well, if, we, if, I can, if, if I can make some young kid have his father... You know, I, I, think, I think I might have said this. I don't know if I said this on this podcast, but Wendy, remember that time um, I wasn't feeling good? I went to the hospital, and then this, this doctor was looking at our shirts, and he goes, hey, what do you do? Oh, uh, the doctor and his father. Had and been, his fa- yeah. listen to this. His, the doctor's looking at me, and he's looking at the shirt, and he goes, oh, what do you do? I said, we build police shields. He, I see this look in his face. He was, it was sounding enough um, Cape Coral. He's a doctor in Cape Coral Hospital, and, he, and he, he gets up and he closes the door, and I see a somber look in his face, and he looks at me and he says, when I was 17 years old, my father was shot and killed. He was a police officer. And I was like, whoa. Wow. Let's think about that, Pete. That's why we do what we do. I, I have officers that take me aside and said, hey, I was shot in the head. Everywhere I go, hey, I was shot doing this. And, and by that doctor saying that to me, and he goes, you know what, thank you for what you did and what you're doing but maybe I couldn't change his life. You know, we all couldn't change his life because his dad passed away. It's already gone. But you know what? The future is happening. And maybe there's a, a young kid out there that his, his dad's going off to work in a couple of days and he's not going to come back. And that, or his mom's gonna, right. not going to come back. And that Absolutely. really, that, he, that's, that's a fact. That's going to happen. Those are facts. It's going to happen. And I, and I, and I, as, we're talking, as we're talking. As we're talking. And, I, and you know what? And I say this, and I, people say, oh, I said, really? I said, that's what keeps me awake at night. People say, do you sleep? I said, I don't think so. Like, I don't think so, because if I could get into that car and drive 14, 20 hours to that one police officer that I know is going out on patrol, and he can stay alive, then I've done my job. Like, right, we all have a purpose in life. And in my time with learning tactics and, you know, what I did in SF and all my, all my uh, medical stuff, and now I bring it um, to the people who are protecting our families. And, you know, you can't, we can't be prouder. We really can't be. Like, I have purpose. And like, Wendy, we say that every day. We're so thankful. Every day we're so thankful that we can, um, we, we get to work with. Bobby, you said it best. You said it best, the fighting chance. Fighting chance. Is it going to stop every officer from getting killed? No. Let's, let's be realistic here, people. But we're going to give the fighting chance. That's how I feel. I have a fighting, I have a better fighting chance now with this shield next to me. I, I can't even put into words that extra level of comfort I have that I have this extra piece of equipment that gives me an even better of a fighting chance. Oh. That's it. What it boils down to, it's not the be-all, end-all, but it's going to give me that extra layer of fighting chance that I did not have prior to meeting you guys and, you. and starting to deploy the shield. That, that, those are facts. And listen, this is coming from, this is heartfelt. I, I, I believe this job. I love this career. You know, this career, this is ingrained in my DNA. I didn't wake up at the age of 40 and go, oh, I think I'm going to go be a cop. I knew it from the time I could think. So it's in my DNA. This was my calling. 
you know, and that's why I'm passionate. That's why I'm on this podcast because I believe in you guys. I believe in this shield and thank you. I just, I just want officers to have that fighting chance and that, that extra layer. Cause yeah, some guys have the helmets and this and that and the big show. That's great. But this is that extra layer. This is unlike anything out there until you put it on and use it in real world situations and deploy it daily. You're not going to appreciate what I'm saying here. You could chalk it up from just running my mouth and talking out the side of my neck or, you know, I'm pushing a product. I'm not pushing shit. I'm not getting paid to say anything. I'm here because I want to be here. I'm here because I care. And I'm here because I've been using this shield, and it's the real deal. Pete, you know what's funny? Period. People ask us why we haven't expanded as fast as we have. I think because I give away too much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you know what happens? Try getting on a try getting on a getting a call from a kid from the Midwest that's telling me, and I'm 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 Facebooking with him to train him, and I've got two kids behind him, one in diapers. Um, his wife is concerned because he's out by himself. I think his wife was the one who wanted yeah, to and, get the shield. And it's him. always the family members who are reaching out to me and saying, hey, what else, you know, what, what's out there, this and that. And I'm not a big political player because, you know, I think I maybe, uh, like, like, like you and I talk, I don't know if I swear too much or whatever, but I always um, I kind of say it the way that it is. I'm not going to play politics with someone's life because when someone shuts their mouth, people die. And I've seen that firsthand. So I'm not going to be the one that's going to be the, the, the daisy on the wall and say, oh, hey, call it bullshit. I'm like, dude, that's bullshit. And then some people don't like that, you know. And, and then I go into training sometimes, and people are like, hey, that's not going to work. And then we have, we have broken elbows or split someone open with a hit on a strike. Because it ain't, we're, you know, we're not going to swing. I'm not going to hit you like, hey, hit you with a wiffle ball bat and pretend you're being attacked. It's going to be the real deal, throwing bricks at you, throwing, like, we're going to do the real deal and then we're going to make sure that you're confident with the equipment. And if you want to call me 24 hours a day or call Wendy, you just pick up the phone and we're going to talk to you. And, and this is what we do. I just hope to God, I really mean this, that somebody listening is going to reach out to somebody and, and say, hey, and we get, a, we get someone that's, they get to go home at nighttime. And then my life is done. My life is complete. Like, you know, we made a difference in this world, all of us. Well, like you said, Bobby, eventually, you know, the, the, the shield, it's, 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 it's a lifetime warranty on the shield. So that means eventually, if you sell out, that's it. There's no, hey, I'm going to send you a new no. shield next month because I want more out. So eventually you'll come to that. And I know you don't care. I know you don't care. I, I know and, and, and if you can have it tomorrow, every officer would have it. You know, what everybody has to understand is that I, I can't imagine what it costs to build a shield. And, and I'm not asking for you to disclose that, but I know it's costing you money. And I know that you're sacrificing. I know you drove all the way down to our DFW area and you guys look tired as shit when you came there <laughs> and you still put on the class. You gave a great class. Thank you. The, the, the course is amazing. The class was great. And, and then you left two shields with us, the T and E for 30 days. That's a long time to put product in someone's hand and hoping that a department bites. But you guys do it, and you do it every day, and that's why I'm standing with you. And I'm, and I Thank told you, you guys, uh, I'm here with you, and I'm going to be the, that voice on that mountain screaming to these cops and these administrators. Because I'm at that point in my career, I don't give a shit. You know, I'm I'm 18 years in, I don't care. You know, so and I've and I've held myself to the highest standard. I've never been jammed up. You know, you know, you know we that, need. I'm that good cop. You know, we need we need like a group of officers that will band together. 
and then go and then call these these products or this this real shit products out there and call them out on it you know and not just making sure they can't be sold to to law enforcement because someone thinks it's oh it's a cool item or something you know just because the the real world usage are you guys you know you men and women in the field you you guys will again shark tank Listen, I ain't going. I'm on Shark Tank every day. I'm not. I don't need to get. Try going into a room. Try going into a room with 30, 40, 50 police officers who don't want to be there. From they're drinking. Their, they don't want to be there. And then by the time we leave, they look and they all shake our hands and they say, "Thank you. This is not the class we wanted, and this is not the product we even thought it was." And then by the because again, we don't tell the public. Then I have media doing stories on us, which is totally not what we are. And then now um, we were reaching, we're saying, you know what, enough, enough. We're going to do a podcast. We're going to reach out and do it, right, Wendy? Yep. So we, we, we got the mics. I'm not a professional podcaster. I learned how to learn the equipment. I'm not that good at it. Um, <laughs> but That's, right. That's the beauty of podcasts. Yeah. You're, you're your own boss here. You we're, do what you want. We're trying, Pete. We're trying. And, you know, we've, we got you an hour. You guys are doing a great job. We're doing Thank our you. part to make sure the word gets out, Pete, to help you guys. And we have an hour. It's an hour and 15. This is our longest podcast. We'll start wrapping up. This is, yeah, Wendy's like, give, this is our longest well, that's podcast. We're from the Northeast. That's because we're from the Northeast. You know, Correct. Oh, shit, that's why. Because we can talk. <laughs> but I really want to thank you, Pete, and stay safe out there. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you this week. And we talk to all our officers. And any news or anything we can help you, um, please um, call us right away. And, you know, we're going to. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. No, we're going to be sending you down on. straps. We have to send you down. Uh, straps oh, are on. Oh, and there was a gentleman really quickly that reached out yesterday on the social media whose son is a state trooper out there, a grandson. Oh, and really? he wants to speak to you directly, okay. Pete. So I, I need to set that up. Yeah, so. yeah. Give him my cut. Listen, anyone that you guys have my number, you know where I'm at. Yep. You know, on the podcast, we keep things a little discreet because there's, you know, bad guys always lurking. Trust me. Um, so we, we we keep things discreet. DFW is a big ass area, but you give my number to any vetted law enforcement officer, and I will gladly speak with them, and mm. I will gladly meet them anywhere they want. I don't have a problem. I, I can. I'm a driving fool. Pete, hey, here's what we're gonna. Here's what, I have an idea. Absolutely. No. Here's what we're gonna do. Saving lives with Factor at gmail.com. Any officer that wants to get in touch with Pete, send us your um, credentials. Or credentials send us, from a, from my department email. From a department email. Then you'll speak to Wendy, and then we'll put you in, in touch with Pete. And then this way, you guys can talk. Absolutely. And, right. Absolutely. And this is a big state. There's a lot of officers in Texas, and I'm hoping there's a lot of listeners out here. And uh, any officer out there, I don't care, even if you're not in Texas, I served in Florida, I served in PA, wherever you're at, reach out. You want an officer's perspective, a one-on-one off the mic where, you know, we got we got certain things we can't discuss and we can't uh, divulge for obvious reasons. Um, please reach out to them. They'll put you in touch with me and we can have a good conversation and uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely. 100%. Thank you. Okay, we're going to sign off. Thank and, you, guys. Uh, Blessings hold, always, Pete. And we're going to say? Stay safe. And stay protected. This is um, Vector and um, Law Enforcement Unconventional, and we thank you so much for listening. And thanks, Pete. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. Take care.